Good afternoon, everybody. I am the Common Sense American, and this week I've got sort of a good news, bad news situation for everybody, and it directly impacts your finances uh, looking into next year and well beyond. So maybe you want to lend an ear. It's entirely up to you whether or not you want to take my advice or listen to what I'm saying. After all, this is still a free country, last I checked. But first and foremost, let's talk about the uh, shift in polling that we're starting to see, all due to the more grim economic uh, reports that we've seen recently about how it's very likely that inflation is not under control, as Papa Joe wanted to tell us it was. And it's also uh, uh, very likely that we're going to see a recession very soon. Most experts are now saying that it is not a matter of when, it's a matter of uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how long and how bad. Now, that has had, of course, a direct impact on polling as we head into the midterms. This could not have come at a worse time uh, for Democrats. I said in a previous show, I've said it a few times, that when Democrats started to surge in the surveys for midterms towards the end of the summer... Uh, it was problematic uh, because if things stayed the way they were, if the trends continued, if gas prices continued to go down, if inflation continued to go down, regardless of everything else that was critically wrong with this country, uh, people were pro- it was going to be much more difficult for Republicans to uh, reclaim the, the House and Senate. And I, I said, look, if you start seeing gas prices go up before that and you start seeing uh, inflation going the wrong way, uh, and you get these bad reports from the financial experts, the Democrats are screwed because historically uh, citizens vote with their wallets. And uh, regardless of just how toxic and dangerous and twisted uh, a party can get, they're still going to vote with their wallets. And they think their wallets are okay they are, and they vote Democrat, they're just going to vote Democrat because they're clueless and they're just going to keep doing that and destroying the country without really having an impact on themselves. See, this has a direct impact on their bank accounts. Hence, they're actually going to start paying attention. Okay, so this is the good news portion of this because now it's looking more and more as if uh, the trend is now the other way. Uh, it doesn't appear at all that the reports are going to be any better uh, before the midterm elections begin, before voting begins. Uh, Biden's approval, which had experienced a resurrection of sorts, has plummeted back to earth, fallen well, well back under 40% yet again, down into the mid-30s. Uh, Kamala Harris is even lower, as usual. Um, and you're starting to see even races in Democrat-dominated states starting to shift. It's possible that even Oregon will get a Republican governor for the first time in forever. You're seeing a, a big surge in Pennsylvania as Dr. Oz has uh, come up very uh, quickly. Uh, he was 10 points behind Fetterman uh, about a month ago, six weeks ago or so. And now some analysts are calling it a toss-up, even though Fetterman still holds a slight advantage. That has changed radically. Um, it's all going one direction right now, and that, that is good. And if Republicans do at least reclaim the House, and maybe the Senate, but at least the House, if they make that stride in November, it will have a positive impact on, on the markets, uh, absolutely. Uh, people will see a change in leadership as a positive thing when 
when your situation is going down. And when you look at the percentage of people who say this country is headed in the wrong direction, uh, depending on the poll, it's usually between 60 and 70 percent. That is a shocking number. It's a huge uh, majority of the country that says we're, we're, we're going in the wrong direction. And when that happens, they tend to vote the other way. However, what's interesting about the Democrat propaganda, because it is propaganda, is these people will continue to vote until the country's dead. They will continue to vote Democrat until they're dead because it's the only thing that they hear every single day. It has no law. I've said this many times. It is no longer uh, opinion versus opinion. It is now billed as right and wrong. And every single power that is entrenched in this country, from Washington, D.C. to Hollywood to education and the media, is spreading the same message, which is that all conservatives and Republicans are bad and evil and wrong. And there's no point in even entertaining their side of things because of this. Hence, you're going to get straight up and down goose-stepping liberals who don't, aren't even aware that what they're being fed is straight-up propaganda, because that's the definition of propaganda. It's delivering a deeply flawed message because it is highly manipulated in order to show you one side and suppress another. That's the definition of it, and that's what we've been seeing for many years now. Um, well, at least since Trump left, because at that point, you know, at least we had somebody in the we had somebody in, in the White House who was sending a different message, but even though it was still clashing with all the other powers that be, now it's all the way across the board. And that's the definition of propaganda. Um, so you're still going to run into that. However, with the shift, with the, uh, uh, the bad news coming in from everywhere, all around the world, not just here in terms of uh, the stock markets and the global markets, uh, the Europe, Europe facing a huge energy problem uh, come this winter. Um, you know, there, there's, there's every reason in the world for leadership changes here and around the world. We saw it happen in Italy uh, where uh, a conservative uh, took over. And again, this is, this is a radical change. We're seeing more and more of that. It's all over the world now. Start, everyone's starting to realize that the leftist ideology is absolutely destructive at its core and will destroy civilization, wreck it, because they have no regard for common sense and basic math. And we're seeing that now. That's a direct, uh, that is being reflected in, in the markets. Now, that all being said, like I said, that's that's the good news. And I, I, I hate to dedicate the majority of the podcast to the bad news, but it's something that I think we all need to acknowledge uh, if we are facing a recession or worse, a depression, um, if you talk to, say, for example, you've got, you're in the market in some way, whether you have an IRA or you have, you know, funds, mutual funds, American funds, whatever, you're, you're in the market, you have a guy, you have a financial individual who is, who is uh, overseeing that, I can pretty much guarantee you that what they're telling you, uh, especially if you're not that old, um, is that you just have to wait. You've lost. You, you, obviously, this is a really bad year. Um, so getting out now doesn't make any sense because you're you're swallowing the loss and you're not putting yourself in a position to make it back when the markets come back, right? Uh, and they will tell you that historically, they'll show you a chart and they'll say, look, see, this year was way down and look what happened in the years after it. See, it went up. It's very rare to have two down years in a row. In fact, it's it's almost never happened in some, in some venues. Um, and... Even during uh, the 2008 uh, collapse, they basically just had to wait, wait it out, and things came back. 
Uh, it was a long wait for a lot of people, um, but it, it did start to come back. Um, and, you know, obviously we had big jumps when Trump was in the office. So that's what they're going to tell you. Um, they're also going to tell you something I do not agree with, which is that we are not in unprecedented territory, that we've seen this before, that uh, th this isn't anything new. Uh, that and, and, and because of that, we can look to history to predict what's going to happen. That I don't agree with. Look, this is unprecedented. For the first time ever, uh, we're seeing a major problem in the markets. Things that are happening in the marketplace that have ne has never happened before, and they will admit this if you press them. And the reports coming from everywhere, especially overseas, uh, things like the Swiss Bank and all that, I mean, they're seeing just collapsing decline, worse than 2008, worse than before that recession hit. Every We're seeing market indicators that are saying, that are showing us things we really have never seen before in modern history. Numbers that are so terrifying, they don't really want to talk about it. And even if, even if you don't buy that, even if you think that's, you know, alarmists, conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it. Um, consider the other side of this, which is that the health and attitude of a society is critical in pulling that society out of very bad situations. If you consider the Depression, the Great Depression of the 30s in this country, let's use that, right? It's, it's a great example. After the Roaring Twenties, the stock market crashed and the depression hit. Um, we pulled ourselves out of that. Again, it took some time. Uh, and, you know, obviously a whole lot of people suffered and it was, it was an extraordinarily difficult time for the country. Um, uh, but we came out of it. Uh, the, there are extreme differences between then and now in our society. I'm not talking about the markets. I'm not talking about financial numbers. I am talking about the general health and stability of a nation. And it requires a backbone. It requires some form of deeply embedded, unified structure in order to function properly. We have no unity and we have very little structure. Certainly not the structure that we demanded of our society back in the early 20th century. There was still a high regard for things like the nuclear family, for hard work and determination and, and valuing the individual. The work ethic was, was highly valued, was, was seen as a necessity for everybody. There was great pride, even during the worst of times, among people who simply wanted to work and fend for themselves and their family. No, very few people, unless they were starving to death, and a great many were, who stood in the bread lines, right? For most people to reach that point, they had to be starving to death. They had to be on the verge of death in order to go get a handout from a neighbor or the government. We are not in that position. We are the opposite now. The instant they can't get a latte, the instant they can't get cable, the instant they can't get one of the countless creature comforts that we, everybody has, even the so-called poor, the instant they can't get that, they immediately 
turn to the government on some form of assistance. We have countless assistance programs, and they want their money, and they want to be assured of a very plush way of life. Being pushed is not in their vocabulary. If they feel like they, they're being unfairly, you know, uh, discriminated against in some way, or the system is against them in some way, their reaction is not to buckle down and work harder. The reaction is to sit, whine, and try to get something for nothing. That is a shocking percentage of this country right now. That was unheard of in the Depression. That was unheard of even at the worst of times. It was well... Uh, it was deeply entrenched because we had built a country. And the, and the hard work that went into it, the structure and discipline required to get that far, was still there, was operating as the fundamental backbone of the country. And that is a huge reason why we pulled out of the Depression. We were in... now, And think about it now. People, people also were able to adapt in ways that we cannot do now. People are so singularly focused on one particular thing that they do in life for their job, for example. That's, that's all they can do, and that's it. They're trained to do one thing. They can't do anything else. They seem to have no interest in learning anything else. They seem to have no drive to have any other ability. I've spoken about this many times before, and the fact that people can't change a light bulb or do the simplest things like change oil in a car. They can't and won't. They have been taught that all that stuff is for the lower end. That's for the plebes. That's for the serfs. You shouldn't have to worry about that. You should be elevated above that. And if you go to college, you really should never have to worry about it. So you're trained in one particular thing, and in everything else, you're hopeless and helpless. And in those days, after the Depression, a huge number of people, in fact, the majority, could not go back to the jobs they had. There were no, that job was gone. Career, entire careers gone. They had to simply adapt. They had to find something else to do. During the Depression, they had to find unskilled labor because that's, very, that's a lot of what was there. Well, here's another thing. Today, people are not even in the condition needed to be in to even do the unskilled labor. They whine about digging a ditch. They couldn't dig a ditch to begin with. They'll fall over dead. You can't operate with 40% with, uh, plus obesity and 60% plus overweight. That's not going to work well because there really are only certain jobs they can do. They had a drive and an ability to assimilate and adapt and change and flex in those days because that was what was required in order to build a country and that is what their ancestors did, and that was still burning deep. Even if you watch, for example, if you watch movies from the 30s, and when Hollywood was, it's still, it was always liberal. And there were still messages of anti-capitalism in a lot of those 30s movies because it was the Depression, and a lot of people were struggling. That's kind of what they wanted to see. They wanted to see taunting of the rich. They wanted to see the rich being portrayed as bad people. It's what people wanted to see. It made them feel better. However... The underlying message in even every single one of those films and in every single public message that was sent out, whether it's entertainment or education or the media in those days, was that we still required the structure and discipline that we had from before in order to deal with this. It was not the message of, oh, the government needs to help us now. No, it was not. In fact, it was exactly the opposite. Most people had felt the government had betrayed them, that they had failed, that it had failed them, that only themselves were going to pull themselves out of this. And it's time to roll up our sleeves and get this done. And we're going to do whatever job is necessary to put food on the table. If we have to learn something new, we're going to learn something new. If I have to work 12 hours a day, I'm going to work 12 hours a day. 
We accept that this is a, a, a temporary thing and we're going to all come together and push through this. Despite all the sentiments of despondence and grief that had swept the nation, that was the undercurrent beneath it all. Now we will not have that undercurrent if a recession or a depression hits. We will not. We don't. We don't have that capability in this populace anymore. It is frowned on to be individually capable. It is frowned on to work hard now, which amazingly enough it is. It is frowned on to have any sense of discipline to believe that you should be the one in charge of your own life. The answer for all Democrats is just more, gov more government intervention, more money being sent to you for no reason. And that if something goes wrong, it's never their fault. A lot of people in the 30s and during the Depression accepted that it was sort of a punishment for the Roaring Twenties. It was a punishment for just going too far and for thinking that everything was hunky-dory and we can just keep spending money and everything's good and we don't have to worry about it. But, you know, and they sort of accepted it as kind of karma. This was kind of our fault. And we need to fix this. We don't have that. That is not what we see now. And we see it everywhere we go. We see this lack Looking in the service industry, uh, my family and other families I know had to did a lot of homework, uh, work around the house and things like that. And they had to hire some people, contractors and all that. And, and you know, a variety of jobs, half a dozen different kinds of jobs. And all these people are just, they're not very good. They put the minimal amount of effort in. They don't do a very good job. They lie. They run away as quickly as they can, tell you it's done. It's not. And this is common now taking zero pride in whatever it is they're doing, trying not, don't, not really caring that it's done well. Uh, th this is endemic. This is everywhere. This is every job that I'm seeing, every job I come into contact with, even cashiers in stores. They just don't care. They do not. They care nothing about the job they're doing, and they're taught that it shouldn't matter because, oh, God forbid, you know, they work for the man, so, you know, we're just going to do the little as possible. We're not going to work at all, in fact. That's what's happening now. And, and the lack of ability, the lack of interest in new things, the stunning acceptance that I just, all I want to do every day is sit and stare at a screen. We had, a, I said before that the pandemic, when people were in lockdown, was a, a very dangerous and depressing indicator of where we are. Uh, everybody said, stay home. So did we use that time to better ourselves? No. We used that time to eat and stare at a screen. That's pretty much what the majority did because everybody put on a ton of weight and got depressed and sat there. That right there tells you what sort of attitude has taken place, has taken root in this country. And that is not the kind of attitude that can deal with crises. We are not mentally or physically fit to be able to deal with a crisis as a country. We're in the worst condition mentally and physically than we've ever been. Why do we think we could survive a depression? Which is why I think that if one of these bad periods comes, I don't know if we could get out of it or how long it's going to take unless a massive overhaul of attitude and belief comes flushing, on, flushing out everything and, and flushing out the poisons and saying, we can't deal with this anymore. We have to go back to having some kind of structure and discipline individually and societally. We need it because it's, this wasn't working and this failed us miserably. You can't keep screaming about race and gender and, and expect every, the, the world to just be fine when it's crumbling to dust around your feet. So 
you know, I was at I was at a fair, a state fair uh, last week, and you know, I, I don't even want to talk about how poor condition we're in physically. I mean, that much is obvious. Um, it's it's disgusting, and I don't want to look at it anymore, and I'm I'm tired of it. Uh, just the, the central area, which is all the most disgusting food ever created. It's just a trough at this point. It's not even, you know what? It's not even enticing anymore. You know, deep fry everything, pour a bunch of crap all over it, and you think it's funny. It's not funny anymore. Take a look at the people who are eating it. It's not funny. You're destroying their lives and destroying their own lives. They don't care. And everybody else is paying for it. I've never seen a bigger assembly of the walking wounded. That populace cannot deal with the depression. Oh, no, it can't. But even more so than that, the things that are would be of interest to people with active brains and imagination in that fair, things like um, the arts and crafts building where, you know, all the, they had competitions for quilting and, and lace work and, and all this kind of stuff. And it, you know what? There were like 12 people in that building. Thousands lining up to get a goddamn deep fried taco, but almost none. In, in the buildings where you learn a little bit of history and see what people have done in terms of the arts and, uh, you know, different kinds of, they had a contest for jarring and pickling and things like, you know, things that should be in a fair, which are rapidly disappearing from that fair because no one cares. It's this odd, really disturbing downward trend in just general interest. When, when you got to talk to people about what their interests are, they don't, they all say basically the same thing. Well, I go to work, I watch a few movies, I go home, I like to eat. I don't know. That's it. It's as if no one even has hobbies anymore. When they do, they're all kind of the same. They don't require much thought either. Now, obviously, there are people out there still doing this. Otherwise, we wouldn't have at the fair. We wouldn't have these quilts and these things. But you know what? They're all elderly. All the people in those buildings were all older. Nobody under the age of 65. And by the way, when the workplace was failing and starting to fail, who stepped up? All the people who are older. People, a lot of people came out of retirement. And, and, and because they saw their, their funds disappearing quickly, but they came out of retirement and helped. We're going to lose these people. We've already lost the, the greatest generation. And we're losing generations that actually grew up with some form of drive and, and, and desire to serve their country. And, at the, and, and when you throw in anti-American propaganda to top it all off, how exactly are we going to recover? There was no anti-American propaganda spreading throughout the Depression. It was quite the opposite because they needed it. They needed that unity, that pro-American belief to get them out of it. And you know what they did? I don't really know. I mean, my advice to everybody in general right now is to stay the hell out of the markets. Um, interest, with interest rates being up so high or higher than they were, certainly, it makes far more sense to start putting your money in than things like CDs. You can probably find them for 3.5%, now. Uh, at least you'll be making a little bit as opposed to potentially losing a just, I don't even want to guess what percentage you could lose uh, next year. And, and the thing is, I spoke about earlier about uh, Republicans uh, maybe taking back control of Washington, either the House or the Senate or both. The, the problem is because of what I'm talking about here, about this backbone being gone from the country, I'm not sure that can stop it. I'm not sure that can stop the collapse. I think we'd have the, some of, at least some better leadership in place and they'd be sending the correct messages for us. But we've gone so far down in terms of mental and physical health and the attitudes uh, that really are required to have a, a society, uh, to stabilize a society when it's shaken with a recession or depression, um, uh, unless there's a dramatic change in those attitudes 
and beliefs, and we uh, somehow magically stop being brainless cattle and get back to being energetic, interested, enthusiastic, never-say-die workers, which I am not seeing any of, then we've, we've, we've got a problem, people. A big one. Um, so anyway, that, that's it for, for me. Uh, I don't, I, for some, sometimes I wonder if anybody is seeing what I'm seeing. I could just be crazy. I, I don't know. Very often I feel like I'm in a bubble, but I, I don't see how you can miss it. It's so obvious. Maybe, well, it's, you know, you get used to it. It's, it's, it, you get accustomed to seeing it, not, and, and realizing that this is just normal now. Well, okay. It's normal, but it's also bad. You can't, this is not sustainable anymore. It's barely sustainable when things are good. It's certainly not sustainable when things are bad. So that's it for me. I want everybody to think long and hard about this. Um, I, like I said, as usual, I don't really have a, a solution. I just sort of see what I see and tell you what I see and go from there. Um, so that's it for me. Uh, as usual, uh, please feel free to share this show with people who you think could benefit from it. Um, no swearing, no, um, you know, screaming, no talking about, you know, killing people or uprising or overthrowing the government. I, I don't do any of that. So it's pretty safe for everybody. Um, so as usual, I appreciate you, uh, listening and I'll see you again next week. Thank you.